everybody. Welcome back to Viva La Cultura podcast, um, coming from you at the College of the Holy Cross. Again, I'm Jonathan Rivera, and today's episode, I have two very special guests, and we will be talking about being a student during COVID times and transitioning back on campus, especially being a student of color. Um, so Jenny, if you want to introduce her first, go ahead and then Omar. Thank you, Jonathan. So hi, everyone. My name is Jenny. I'm a senior currently at the College of Holy Cross, of course. Um, I'm double majoring in Africana Studies and Sociology with a Religious Studies minor, and I'm excited to be here. Hi, everyone. I'm Omar. Um, I'm a freshman here at Holy Cross. I am going to major in poli-sci, and I'm a concentrator for Africana Studies, and I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you guys. Um, I think today's episode is definitely, you know, might seem like a conversation that's maybe a little played out, um, but I think it's an important one. You know, what does it mean to be a student during this time? I think we have been kind of running on E, um, just running on, you know, fumes as students with COVID. I think Zoom fatigue is real um, and all that. So. Um, I wanted to have a discussion, just an honest discussion about, you know, what it looks like for students, particularly students of color, to be experiencing this and going through this. So I think my first question is just, how are you guys doing? You know, how does it feel to be on campus with people around, um, finally having some social interactions again? Um, how are you doing? Um, as for me, I would say I'm doing pretty well. Um, definitely different from like being at home where like I'm surrounded by my family, um, the Haitian culture, food and such. And then coming back to Holy Cross and like eating hamburgers and like pasta every day is different. Um, also just being a minority again, and that is very different. Like even though I've been here at Holy Cross for the past, what, four years mm -hmm. now, it's still something to adjust to coming back to campus. but. I would say I'm doing pretty well, trying to adjust, for sure. Yeah, so um, I'm doing pretty well. Obviously, this is my first time on campus. Um, that's pretty exciting. Um, and it's just, for me, it's a completely different experience than what my first semester in college was, in college was like. The first semester is really supposed to be the adjustment period, but in these unprecedented times, I have another adjustment period because now it's my first semester in person, first semester on campus. Um, so that's pretty interesting. Um, besides that, um, I'm managing, you know, everyone is adjusting in different ways, but I think I'm doing a good job. And I think kind of like all the freshmen, I'm just trying to find a way to, you know, manage the academic, social, and extracurricular um, activities that I'm in. Yeah, thanks guys so much for that. I think um, it's interesting because, so me and Jenny are seniors on campus and Omar is a, a first year. Um, and we're both kind of, you know, all three of us are at different points of our college career, but very pivotal points, you know, we're exiting, Omar is uh, getting introduced to everything on campus. And we've had to miss out on things because of COVID and, and not to say, you know, that's the worst thing right now. I think um, we're lucky to even have a campus to go back to, to have friends to go back to. But I think um, it, it can be hard when you have, 
a certain expectation of, you know, opening a new chapter, ending a chapter, um, what that looks like and how COVID kind of disrupts that. And I think, Jenny, you bring up a good point with, you know, coming back to campus and having to be a student of color again. Um, and, and what does that mean and look like for you guys? Um, I would say as for me, it's definitely something that you can't ignore. Um, I would say being from Worcester and just with the diversity in Worcester, I don't necessarily have to think about my skin tone or how people are viewing me or their perceptions of me. But once entering back on the Holy Cross campus, I notice people staring at me or looking at me or just being slightly intimidated, which is something that I've had to encounter since freshman year, but coming back and re-experiencing that, it just shows how, even though after going through the whole protest, Holy Cross student body, there are white pretty much, um, have not changed. And it just kind of like sets back the reality of like, we do live in a world where being black is something that is not normalized or like for some people it's still something very odd where it makes you feel like you're an odd person or you're the odd one out because your surrounding does not look like or even have its welcoming environment that you would hope it would have. Yeah, so for me, um, you know, I don't know everything that was going on campus last year and, and what you've made reference to in terms of experience, but I have heard stories and whatnot um but as far as being on campus myself what i've experienced um i just think that it's been a little bit weary if that's even a way of describing it um you know i have friends who i know aren't on campus and um it's really hard to miss out on them but i feel like at the end of the day being on campus or not we were going to be in the minority we were going to see less of you know we were not going to see faces that look like us as much as we were going to see white faces you know the standard was going to be white and blonde um and at the end of the day if not blonde white um and i feel like this pandemic this situation has hit our community hardest um you know i know plenty of poc um especially latin poc who are not on campus because of the pandemic and i feel like at the end of the day, losing our faces and losing our presence on campus this semester because of that is more detrimental than anything. Um, so yeah. Yeah, thank you so much for that. Um, you know, I, I I agree. I think that we, we, of course, we know the reality of going to school, um, going to college in New England. Of course, we knew the reality of going to a PWI, right? And obviously, um, I have different experiences from, you know, Jenny, Jenny has different experiences from Omar, et cetera, et cetera. But I think just the fact that one, COVID affects people of color disproportionately because of medical racism, because of institutions that allow for, you know, death rates to be higher in our, our communities, in the black community, in the Latino community um, versus white communities. Um, and for different reasons, right? Uh, because of lack of education access or even traveling to college, we see that there are less students of color on campus, right? Than there normally would be. And I think that, you know, does something to community that uh, we, we, we have on campus, right? It, 
I don't want to say it limits it, but it, I think it, because of COVID, it does kind of give a little bit of a sense of weariness, like you said, Omar. And I, and I think that was the perfect word to use. Um, so, so thank you so much, guys, for um, your guys' input on that. And I think with, you know, COVID and quarantine, we also had like huge just like world events right or you know country events or whatever um with the protests happening in may and june and and july um and then with the with the presidential election happening last semester and i think about it a lot of you know what our campus would have looked like and felt if we did have did have normalcy on campus and also the election um and how tensions would have risen and etc but i digress i'm getting off topic <laughs> um so i want you guys to kind of take a step back from you know the reality of today and what we know with covid and etc and tell me about when quarantine first started and when you had to um first leave school um how, how did you feel what were your fears what were your expectations Um, for me personally, I was in disbelief. I personally thought we were just going to be away for probably a semester, not thinking it's going to be longer, which I think a lot of people assume. Um, in the moment of time, I wasn't actually thinking about COVID. I was thinking about where I would have to return. Um, just knowing that I wouldn't have my own space to like actually be able to focus on my schoolwork, just knowing that, um, I would just have to, um, there would just be a lot of like environmental changes where like me being out of my element in a different environment, how that would impact me mentally, emotionally, as well as just my ability to do like the work that Holy Cross is like requesting from me. So in that moment in time, I wasn't really thinking about the virus in itself because I was just focusing on how it would impact me at that moment. But when it starts to hit and re- reality started to sink in, how there's a virus out, I started to think about how a lot of people I know, as well as just me being helped compromise, how it would actually impact me. So that's something that was like really on my mind when leaving school. Yeah, I think it was such a surreal moment. And I think for a lot of us, like you said, it was just this moment of disbelief. Like, there's no way this is happening. Um, for me, I was like, we'll be back by Easter. Like, this is an early summer when we had to, when we got the notification that we had to leave campus um, last March. Um, and I also think that going into it, you know, people weren't considering or like whatever, how immunocompromised people are adversely affected by this, right? Um, Omar, I know you had, I would assume you had maybe a different experience, maybe similar, um, being that you were graduating high school. So how how is that experience for you? Yeah, so um, my school was pretty early in announced. I'm from New York City, and my school announced we were closing before the, the city did. Um, so we had they basically they just said we were doing our part to help slow the spread, and that it would be temporary. Um, so, you know, I didn't take everything from my locker. I, I really did not think I would be gone for the rest of the school year. Um, I thought it was going to be, you know, a month, 
two month thing. You know, some people thought it was just gonna be a week. Now I knew it was gonna be take some real time, but I definitely didn't think that you know um, my graduation would have been in jeopardy. That uh, it would have been so different. Um, all of the you know senior spring activities would have been canceled. Um, it was really really heartbreaking um, in a sense because you know there was nobody who had done that before, nobody who had dealt with that before, and really no one who was able to understand what we were going through. Um, so that was kind of the worst part, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, and then um, time passed, I guess. We all adapted. Like I said, I'm from New York City, so things got really, really serious really fast. And, um, you know, you're, the way you look at things change, your perspective change. You're happy to be alive. You're happy to be healthy um, when you when you were from New York City during that time. And you're lucky that your family and everyone you know is alive, healthy, and happy. So um, that's kind of how things were when this pandemic first hit. And then, you know, I really did not expect this at all to um, to go into my college um, experience. Surely, I didn't expect to have an online semester. Um, you know, we, we were very close to ha having an in-person semester until about two weeks before moving. And then um, we got the notification and I'm not gonna compare it to what you guys went through on campus, but it was surely just a heart fell in your chest moment for me because I had known I was going to Holy Cross since January. Um, and I felt that, you know, I'd waited so long, I'd counted down the months after everything, this was gonna be my redemption story. This is gonna turn my year around. And then I guess that really wasn't gonna happen after all. But um, yeah, online semester passed, here we are. We have a better understanding of the pandemic. You know, we've got vaccines. So I'm hoping things are looking up and people are doing their part. Yeah, I, I think you, you both make really great points. You know, it was just super disheartening, especially getting, um, the notices that we were going to be going back to campus. If if you told me in May that COVID would be affecting my senior year like this, I would have bet my life that that was that, that wasn't true, right? Because um, there would just be no way. And and for us to still be going through this is it's it's very surreal, you know. Um, there aren't things to compare it to, like as hopeful as I am that, you know, different vaccines are coming out. I think the Johnson & Johnson one, I believe might have just gotten approved, but do not quote me on that. Um, as great as all that is, it's just like, so what does normal even look like after this? You know, I'm, are we going to be shaking people's hands again? Are we going to be in big crowds again, like concerts? Um, our class is going to be forever changed. It's all these changes at once, I think. Um, were hard on everybody and then you know for students to have to go through them it, it it was also really hard and I think a lot of students just didn't feel I guess supported by their institutions um so I think my my next question relates to that you know did you guys feel supported by the institutions you went to or go to um did you feel like there was kind of that there was adequate kind of handling of everything um, because I know for me, I definitely have a few, few opinions of my own, but <laughs> I will um, hear what you guys have to say first. Um, okay, so I would say like initially, I would say right when the pandemic hit, like 
just that semester ending off the semester, I would say, at least from my personal experience, I would say that Holy Cross did as much as they could do trying to make it as accommodating as possible in regards to the pass and fail. I just feel like the part where Holy Cross did not really support their students would be last semester. I feel like during that period where Holy Cross started saying like, well, this is our new normal, we have to adapt to it. They left a lot of students struggling in that semester because one, we were still dealing with a pandemic. So us dealing with a pandemic also means we're still dealing with the struggles of our family members have to deal with financial changes, um, the stress of your own health as well as your other members' health. Um, just like not really being able to focus on schoolwork, especially right after the whole protest in regards to like black lives and such and how that like emotionally, physically and mentally drained us and just like requiring us to just trying to like adapt to our old normal. I would feel, I feel like that in itself was just very unsupportive in regards to like the school helping marginalized students at the time because I feel like it just pretty much forced students to ignore what they're actually having to deal with and try to I don't know manage with the requirements that Holy Cross was requiring of us yeah you know I, I completely agree I think at first I understood why the measures they were taking they were taking like only giving us a literally three days to have everybody move out um but you know things were on the rise with covid so what else could they do right but i do think that and i'm sure this spans for institutions across the united states but for our institution um not having passed fail this semester i think was rough same with last semester um kind of you know not reducing tuition uh because things even though things are online um, as if that the same quality of education could be had. I, I just think is preposterous. I, I don't see how they came to that conclusion. Um, and for people to have had to stay home and take classes online and then spend all of this money out of pocket for not literally not even being on campus, having teachers, having access to different resources, um, I think was very disheartening to me. And I think that just like you said, Jenny, you know, expecting us to be okay with this quote-unquote new normal um to, to me was disheartening definitely like i know um sorry Omar. um so like my sister she attends umass amherst and i know her school even to this day they include some form of like pass or fail for at least one course or two and i remember during fall semester there was actually a petition going around and the school pretty much said, yeah, we're aware of your concerns. We're aware of like how you're feeling and we just want to acknowledge it. And I think that was the only form of action they actually did where they just acknowledge it, but never actually took steps in regards to like making adjustments. I know that this semester they're offering more breaks, but breaks in itself doesn't change the reality of obstacles we are continuously still facing today where a break won't necessarily take away the problems we have to encounter. And I understand that COVID will be here for a while, who knows, may be here for a while, but it still doesn't change the fact that COVID is still a pressing issue that's impacting people at this moment while we're still figuring out 
where we're going to live or how we're going to figure out employment after not working for a while you know so that's I feel like the school has still yet to support the students in that way yeah um obviously I've had different experiences from you guys again um especially in regards to obviously not being here last year but um the pass and fail um whole situation I, I was here last semester and I'll agree it was very hard it was um it was like you know driving blind um you know I didn't really know what was going on and how hard things would be and just having pass or fail or pass fail I think would have you know comforted me in the sense that I wouldn't have had to stress so much um with everything going on you know but um I don't definitely I don't I didn't I wasn't very um happy with the way that the college responded to all the students who um signed the petition and spoke up for and advocated for the pass fail but at the end of the day I think um you know we survived um and I think in its own so- sense that surviving online school in the way we did in the pandemic um, is something to be proud of. And so that's definitely one thing I'm proud of as far as last semester goes. Um, same with this semester, they have they've really done away with even condoning talk about pass-fail and it's disappointing, especially when you consider that, you know, there's different set of responsibilities and a different set of ways that this semester can apply more pressure than last, even though it's not online, and the school isn't really taking those into consideration. But um, I'm, they, it doesn't seem like they're gonna make that an option, which sucks. Another thing I feel like in terms of their response is I've been pretty disappointed in the way that they've gone about um, communicating with us. I think that the since we've got here, the updates on the coronavirus and stuff has been pretty good. But like um, leading up into the fall semester, I think we were going in pretty blind. And I think it's no wonder that they um, kind of didn't bring us on. And so I think that in general, they could do a better job of being more transparent with us and having more communication with us. Um, So yeah. Yeah, thanks guys for that. Jenny, earlier you hinted at kind of, you know, the trauma that has happened racially in our country and that uh, specifically the Black community has had to feel and face um, because of racism, because of systemic racism, police brutality, and really a lack of critical response to end it. Um, And I think during that time, we saw schools having this at least in my opinion, in my humble opinion, having this kind of performativeness. Um, Maybe they were posting or maybe they were sending videos of like, you know, end racism, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sure there was something that Holy Cross posted, right? But now that we're on campus, I feel like nothing really on that front has changed. Um, I'm not sure what kind of changes has really happened. on the administration side to combat the racism that is faced on this campus. Um, so so what are you guys' kind of thoughts on that? And really quickly, before that actually gets answered, we did just get a, um, a new president of the college. 
and and he is black um but i wonder if that is i don't know does the school just think that's enough um but yeah what are you guys kind of thoughts on that um in regards to um um that's a great question Jonathan honestly when i read that email from father burrows i just felt like it was the school's way of just being generic and responding similar to how many advertising companies or just different companies or just a lot of people starting advertising saying oh we're in solidarity in regards to like black people we're aware of your struggles um and we're here to uplift you and help um i personally would say that wasn't my experience at holy cross for these past four years i personally felt like my experience of being a person of color have gone ignored on many occasions um it's actually pretty funny because omar you weren't here but during my junior year we actually had someone that was coming in and going to talk about how black victim mentality and how like just the black struggle is more so of a mindset and despite it actually emotionally and physically upsetting a lot of students of color and just student the student body in general the school continued to have someone that um traumatizing to come speak at our school and it's still said pretty much they, they can't do anything about it because it's part of in some way a free speech as well as they're not necessarily paying for the speaker to come is through like uh, alum donation or such but just knowing how it would actually violently impact students of color by devaluing their traumatizing experience the school did not try to put any effort in regards to supporting the students of color in that experience so when they sent out the email i felt like it was more so like a band-aid saying hey i support students of color but in reality their actions have yet to really show it um i would say in regards to the new president yes i'm happy i see a more i wouldn't necessarily say a more diverse office even though we do have that one black new president our faculty members are still very white and doesn't necessarily have much diversity to it um obviously i am glad that we are having um someone that focuses on racial justice i don't necessarily know how he would create changes in the school because i know it's not just one person it kind of makes me think of like obama where once people saw Obama, they're like, oh, wow, America is equal. When in reality, um, America had a lot of racial issues despite Obama being president. And now Obama in himself, he, um, there's still a lot of work that he did not touch upon in regards to racial justice, even though he did make a lot of effort in supporting the black community. So I don't know if this president will actually create drastic change. I have hopes he does, but I don't know. The way the school has been operating for the past four years, I'm trying to be optimistic. Yeah, so I definitely agree with Jenny. Um, I don't think that, you know, having a black president for the first time you know, is quite frankly, any more than that. Um, This is the first time he's making, you know, 
history in terms of he's the first, which is very nice, but, and it's very good for inclusion and representation, but now there's more, there's work to be done. Um, let's see what he does and let's see what he's about. Um, and that's what I'm really only focused on right now. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, you can be the first black president and you can not advocate for black students. Um, and one of our most famous Holy Cross alums, uh, Clarence Thomas has pretty much done, a, played a similar part. Um, I just think that he, I just think that he's got a lot of um, qualifications and he's got a lot of experience um, where he could do very good, very great. But then again, he's working at an institution with trustees and he is not going to be the one making every decision. You know, he's going to be the figurehead. So I really don't know how much he'll be able to change um, by himself and how much he'd advocate for us and our people. Um, in regards to the, I think Jenny mentioned how you guys were to have a speaker. Um, last year before before I was here. And I just want to say that sucks. Um, it's heartbreaking when you think that, you know, you're here, that this insti the institution is here for you. Um, and then they kind of show you otherwise. Um, I know one thing that I found really, really, really big was that my grade is, is the first grade where, you know, Brooks is just Brooks Hall. You know, there's no more Brooks Milady and there's no more Milady, it's Brooks Hall now. and that was announced, you know, a while ago. And you would think by the time we all came on campus, the freshmen to use Brooks, it would have a plaque on it that says Brooks. But at the end of the day, it says Brooks Milady still. And I just think that something so small, they don't quite frankly understand how telling and how impactful it can be. Um, you know, for us to move in and for it to still say that, knowing who Milady was and everything, um, kind of says sends a little bit of a message um you know we changed the name but this is still the history and the history was never going to go away but really and truly are, are you doing your part if you're not working to make things to make change as quickly and efficiently as possible and i know for me and for my friends and especially the ones who live in brooks that's just something heartbreaking to see every day um so i think that's another thing i i really want to touch on yeah, thank you so much for that, guys. I, just to give some context really quick. Um, so this past year, we found out that we will be getting a new president, um, and he is a Black man, and I think that is amazing. But I'm also just like, it's 2021. Why is this the first time this is happening? And like you said, Omar, he is going to be the figurehead. So um, what is the power that he's really going to have to enact change? And, you know, obviously, I hope it's a lot. Um, but we also know how institutions and businesses work and that's not always the facts um and i also think about with you know milady just to give more context um milady i believe sold slaves to georgetown college in i want to say the 1600s or i lied not 1600s forget i'm really bad with dates but um, sold slaves to Georgetown and that is why um, from what I understand that is why the name is should be getting changed 
Um, Omar, correct me if you know any more about this. Um, but yeah, you would think that we'd have a plaque that changes the name, right? And we don't. Um, you would think that there'd be a little more publication about it from the school or a little more enforcing like this isn't the name of the hall anymore. It's Brooks, it's Brooks now, not Brooks Milady. Um, even the school putting Brooks in front of Milady to kind of, I don't know, wash off the history of that, the meaning of that name was insane to me and just stupid, to be completely honest. And it's things like that, that although they seem small and also things like having Heather McDonald on campus promoting her book called The Diversity Delusion, which gets me so mad thinking about. Um, it's things like that that shows me like our school, in my eyes, this might sound pessimistic, but um, it's always going to be this white savior-esque like, institution that just thinks it's better than everybody else um, because of the money and the whiteness. And, you know, I hope that changes, but I also think that is just a problematic thing within the within any Jesuit institution, if I'm being completely honest. Um, but thank you guys for that insight. And, and um, kind of to, I guess, shift gears a little bit. Um, and also feel free to say anything else if you uh, want to add to it, um, what we just spoke about. But to shift gears a little bit about kind of getting into the last part of our podcast, um, I think I'll leave you guys with this kind of question. So I think crisis and destructive forces um, sometimes, and I, I hope most times, can bring about, you know, opportunity for renewal, um, opportunity for reflection, opportunity for self-growth and growth overall. Um, so going into 2021, what have you learned um, given this past year and what are some of your goals? Um, well, we haven't really covered much about this in the podcast because it's been focused on the pandemic, but um, last year we also, in the middle of the pandemic, had, you know, the BLM protests and we had the, um, we had the election, which you did mention, and we had, um, and even here in early 2021, you know, we have all these, um, this discrimination and hate against Asian Americans and Asians in our country. and kind of just as a person of color um, in the last year I've learned that just you know the way the world works it works against us and um, you know that works the way that works when even in a pandemic you know a virus is killing us more um, than anyone else you know and very much disproportionately that even in a pandemic we need to go take the streets, and have a nationwide rally um, to get a point across that, you know, other minorities in our country shouldn't be brutally murdered or shouldn't be brutally discriminated against. Um, same with what's been happening in early 2021 and late 2020, you know, um, why we shouldn't discriminate on a certain group because um, mistakes or confusion about where this virus has come from and it sparked fear. Um, so I think that has been a really big lesson for me in the pandemic. Um, another lesson is that, you know, just to stay, stay um, aware, you know, this pandemic is very much about keeping yourself safe and 
you can't, this is not entirely an effort you can do by yourself, you know? You have to do your part. Um, you know who's being irresponsible. You know who's making the decision to put themselves at risk and put them at, and put you at risk. And um, kind of just take that all in and really decide what that means for you and how you can better yourself, you know? This person isn't, you know, necessarily doing anything to understand where you're coming from, to understand what is important to you, how important your health is to you, um, your what your situation is, um, then maybe you need to reevaluate um, what's, you know, your relationship with them. And that not only goes for people, but that goes with interactions with institutions and other forms of um, connections that you have. So that's really been a big, you know, mindset and growth change, mind change, mindset change and growth lesson that I've taken in the last year. In regards to everything you said, um, I would say definitely 2021 is a year of reflection as for like me and also just the country and like after recovering from everything that happened in 2020 that and at least in the beginning parts of 2021 I feel like this year is a year of really seeing not only just the way that America is very ignorant in regards to their um, certain practices they do in regards to um, just how they um, one um, partaking in self-care and being sanitary um, the way we care for our elderly or our marginalized groups of people or the way we care for just those at risk or just making sure that um, everyone is being treated um, I want to say fairly but just treated um, right so I feel like this year is definitely a year of reflection as for me um, I hope that this reflection is more of an active reflection where it's not just being talked about, where we don't just talk about COVID or we don't just talk about injustice, but we also act upon it and really think, not just plan ways of being more um, inclusive and advocating for those and also just doing, rather than just saying we'll do better, actually doing better. Um, as for me, I feel like this 2020 was a year that really, allowed me to forget about the old and think about a new. I feel like America was very stuck on this is the way we operate and what 2020 did was really shift our perspective on the world and realize that what we thought or what we knew, we felt like we knew is just a short period and it's um, constantly changing. So just being reflective of that and knowing that as the world changed, we also have to change as well. So just having that mindset is definitely something I'm going to take in 2021. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. Um, I think today's conversation was just the beginning of what, you know, reflection and growth looks like during COVID, but also what it, different experiences look like during this time, especially as students, as people, um, as progressives, as whatever it is, you know, whatever we identify as, how has this, these experiences and opportunities changed us? Um, and hopefully it's for the better. Um, but I want to thank you, thank you both so much for being on today's podcast. 
um, episode um, focusing on COVID and being a student and just quarantine in general, right? Um, it can be tough, but I think the more we create community, the better it will be. Um, thank you guys so much and make sure to tune in next month for next month's podcast episode.